everyone. Welcome back to this special podcast series on beating the midlife spread. In this series, which was originally offered as a live workshop, Brock Armstrong and I are sharing our best research-backed advice for fine-tuning your nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle so that you can remain strong, healthy, and active through midlife and well beyond. The resources and related materials that you'll hear us mention are available on the series homepage, which you can access at wayless.life slash midlife. In the last episode, we focused on diet and nutrition, and in this episode, we're turning our attention to fitness and movement. So yes, I mean, an active lifestyle is absolutely essential, um, and exercise is a great way to, to be active, and it's all a great way to support your weight loss. Please don't use exercise as a way to burn calories, and that is all. If you haven't heard me say that before, you will hear me say it many, many times. There are so many things that exercise is good for. Burning calories should be way down the list instead <laughs> of the top of the list. So first of all, what I'd like you to, to focus on is shifting your focus to, and this goes back to Monica's point about the, the muscle mass and that um, sarcopenia where we're, we're losing our muscle mass. So what we need to do is on top of getting that extra protein into our diet is we need to start focusing on building or at least maintaining the muscle mass that we have on our bodies. And I know a bunch of you are going, hell no, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not going to lift weights with those muscle heads at the gym. And that is not what I'm asking you to do. Resistance training or strength training is so much more diverse than just lifting weights. We can do it with carrying laundry up the stairs can be uh, can be resistance training. We can do things in in our living rooms using res our elastic bands. Um, we can do all kinds of different activities that actually fit our lifestyles and fit our our likes and dislikes. Just because we we tend to think about strength training being that one specific thing of going to the gym and lifting really heavy weights, we just Put that out of your head and start looking for other ways to challenge your muscles in unique ways. Because really, that's all it comes down to in terms of resistance training is just challenging your muscles in unique ways. And it really is an important thing for us to do as we get older, more so than it was um, before. Now, high-intensity interval training, and this goes back to what I was saying right at the beginning when I said we don't have to train twice as hard or do things three times as hard. We just need to be a little bit smarter about it. So instead of going for those long jogs or the sessions on your Peloton that are sort of those aerobic sessions that are what I like to call the um, hard enough to uh, to feel like you're working out, but not hard enough to actually poop you out um, kind of workouts. Instead, if we can be a little bit smarter and and do things like some high-intensity in, high interval training, and no, I'm, once again, I'm not talking about going to a track and doing sprints and stuff like that, but just raising your heart rate to a little bit of an uncomfortable sort of situation for short, amount, short amounts of time can actually do things like kick your body into that, that uh, space where it's creating more testosterone, where it's creating more growth hormone because it's responding to that challenge. But with the caveat that you need to give your body the ample time to recover from it. So this isn't an every day, this isn't even a several times a week kind of a thing. This is a once every week or 10 days kind of an activity. 
So we've got some, some resistance training to keep the muscle mass going. We've got some high intensity interval training to push your heart rate into a, into a higher realm than you normally would and to kick off that, that nice hormone cascade. And then that non-negotiable thing that I always talk, to, talk about, which is living an active lifestyle where you're just you're moving around, you're changing your position, you're, you're walking more places, you're not sitting at your desk and then sitting in your car and then going home and sitting on the couch, making sure that you, that you are moving throughout the day in a general sort of aerobic, um, aerobic in quotation marks, you don't need to, to wear a heart rate monitor to do this, but just living a, living a hack, an active, happy lifestyle is actually going to make it less important for you to get that dedicated exercise time because you've just got a much more much more active life and you're just building it into into your life so like i i like to to walk to the grocery store fill up my backpack and and walk home and that's a great hour long trip with some some weight on my back so that doubles as as uh, strength training as well now I actually saw a question that I want to I want to address. Um, somebody said, "How can you do high intensity interval training when you can barely handle yoga?" Because you're going to the intensity is your intensity. It's not my intensity. It's certainly not the 20 year old on the YouTube video that you're watching. It's your intensity. Your high intensity is all that matters. And if yoga is your high intensity, perfect. Do that. That's all you need to do. You don't need to be matching. And again, this is like the the dartboard sort of scenario. We're not trying to do exactly what they did in those lab experiments or what you see in those those videos. You're just doing your high intensity. But I'm actually going to, I sort of jumped ahead a little bit. But I want to ask you guys, um, do you think that does mobility actually decrease, like our ability to to move our bodies around? Do you think that decreases because we're getting older or does it decrease because we stop doing it because we are getting older? Is it actually the age that's doing it or is it, is it just sort of that mindset that that's doing it? And uh, I'm going to say, yeah, um, Linda says it's the disuse. Yeah. Because we stop, I'd say it's probably a little bit of both, but there's one of those things that we can do something about. And that (laughs) is actually making sure that we don't avoid the tough stuff. If let's say bending down to pick something off the floor has started to get really hard for you and it's become something that's really uncomfortable for you, that's not a reason to stop doing it. That's actually a reason to start working on that more because it's not going to get better if you ignore it. It's not going to get easier if you if you let it rest. You're going to have to, to figure out how to make that work for yourself. And Part of that is actually learning how to do modifications or variations on exercises instead of just being like saying, well, you know, I can't do a military style push up like the regular old push up. So I'm just not going to do them anymore. Instead, I want you guys to look for, for variations and, and modifications that you can make to these exercises and to these everyday movements like Push-ups, for example, instead of getting all the way down to the floor to try to do a push-up, if that's absolutely impossible for you or very uncomfortable or causes pain or something, how about trying it on your kitchen counter? So put your hands on the kitchen counter and do some some push-ups there or, or a wall. Lean as far as you can onto the wall where it's 
where it's a it's comfortable for you to do let's say five or ten of them and over time maybe you can start progressing from the wall to your kitchen counter to one of the stairs to a chair where you're putting your hands closer and closer to the to the ground and and just finding ways of doing variations. And I have a, in the resources that we send you, I've got a couple of examples of those types of things where those types of exercises where I break down how to do a burpee, let's say, because everybody hates burpees, right? But it's only because we actually try to bite off way more than we can chew instead of going, okay, well, what, what are the moves that are involved in a burpee? And what am I actually capable of right now? Because I want you to remember you're starting on your fitness journey today, where you are today on your fitness journey. You're not trying to achieve what you think you should be able to do or what you were able to do when you were 20 or what what we think um, or what we see on, on YouTube videos. Just do what you are capable of doing today and then try to make it a little bit more. And I, I stole a, a phrase or a bit of a, a saying from my friend Katie Bowman, the biomechanist, that I just want you to move more of your body more often in more and more interesting ways each day. And that means you start where you are right now and just keep keep moving from there and uh, and don't get hung up on what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is showing you on online. I saw a ton of stuff going by in the chat. Yeah, well, let me just highlight a couple for you. So yeah. Laurel says, well, how do you define high intensity? Is walking for an hour a day high intensity? Now, I think you kind of touched on this with your answer to Jean, but... Yeah, but no. No, if you can do it for an hour, that is not high intensity. <laughs> I, I should have specified if it's if it's your high intensity, again, this is specific to everybody else, you should only be able to maintain that for maybe a minute and then you need to to take a, a rest. And that's the beauty of high-intensity interval training is usually it's only about four minutes of It of goes so fast. <laughs> the most popular uh, version of uh, high-intensity interval training is called Tabata. And you actually only go hard for 20 seconds, and then you rest for 10 seconds, and then hard for 20 rest. And you only do that eight times, and then you're done. But it's what's hard for you. It's not what's hard for Brock or what's hard for me or what's hard for your partner, your workout partner. It's really just you. So it's about um, getting your heartbeat up to that, you know, that level of challenge and holding it there for that brief period of time. Um, But I think that walking for an hour would be more of that low-level aerobic activity, but you don't have to carve out an entire hour of your day to walk. You can walk to the drugstore to pick up a prescription. You can walk an extra subway stop or Siobhan, you can get out of your cab a little bit earlier if it's it's safe for you to do that or whatever. Um, So all of these things fit together. but it may, you may, I think the biggest shift that I'm seeing people see is like, right, that shift between not seeing exercise as a way to burn calories, yes. but as about everything else. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some days running up the stairs is H-I-I-T. Yeah. Right. And also I've just noticed as a non-exercise professional that my intensity can change from workout to workout. And I just Ooh, have yeah. to respect, you know, it's like, oh, okay. So... <laughs> I'm going to be doing this a little bit less intensely today than I did the last time I did this because I just don't, you know, have the juice. And Dee, we're going to send a ton of resources in the handouts. Brock has got a bunch of stuff on this to to share. Yeah. In the show notes for this series, which you can access at waylass.life slash midlife, 
you'll find links to some specific YouTube videos in which I demonstrate some of the modifications that I talked about. But my YouTube channel includes tons, and I do mean tons of other specific exercise and movement strategies that you can use to put this advice to work in your life. Now, before you continue on with the next episode of this podcast series, why not spend some time exploring some of those resources and think about how you might need to adjust your current fitness and movement routines so that you can get more benefit from less effort? Then when you're ready, we'll be waiting in the very next episode to talk about sleep and stress. I hope you join us there. We hope you're enjoying this special podcast series on beating the midlife spread as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. And we hope you'll continue to tune in to the Change Academy podcast for more of our strategies on creating positive, sustainable change. And of course, the Nutrition Diva and Upgraded Fitness podcasts for more on those topics. And if you'd like more support in beating the midlife spread, consider joining us in the Way Less program. This is our year-long group coaching program where we help you create the mindset, habits, and lifestyle that lead to weighing less without dieting, no matter how old you are. You can learn more about joining our next group on our website at wayless.life.